Welcome back to another episode of Pod People's Podcast for people who make podcasts. I'm Tyler Green, your host and the head of community here at Pod People. This week, we dust off our spotlight and shine it at another community member who helps make Pod People and the wider audio community sparkle, Esprit Devora. Esprit is listed by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 30 women in tech to follow. She's a sneakerhead, a podcast producer, and host of the Women in Tech podcast. She's also a founding member of the Audio Collective. Plus, she's a Clubhouse staple. And if you haven't heard of Clubhouse, get on with your bad self and download the app. With someone so impressive, I figured I'd start at the beginning with finding out how Esprit got her start in the wild world of podcasting. Man, so I created the first action sports media network back in the day, produced a ton of video content. I was so exhilarating meeting like athletes like Tony Hawk and Sean White and interviewing them. And then later in my career, I really wanted to bring that same kind of video production and celebrate the Los Angeles tech community. And at this time, I wouldn't say I was a podcaster because at that time, first of all, podcasting was not a thing. This was like 2013 Mm. or even before 2013. It just wasn't cool the way it is today. And I was doing video. And if podcasting was a thing, it was definitely audio. It was that was a podcast. And so I discovered podcasting and I decided I wanted to be able to have full control over the whole entire production process. And so I am self-taught. Now I have a team, but at the time I did it all myself and taught myself how to produce and edit and distribute audio. And it was amazing. And so it made the challenges of having to produce video content. It totally omitted those being able to be an audio first content channel. Right. And you have two shows now, Women in Tech and We Are LA Tech. I want you to tell us about those two projects. Sure. And I'm coming out with the Brag Podcast. So I like to create podcasts focused on tech lifestyle and culture and really championing something that relates to social impact. So the Women in Tech Podcast focuses on elevating women in tech around the world. The purpose is for listeners to walk away feeling if she can do it, so can I. The We Are Light Tech Podcast is to spotlight Los Angeles tech companies and talent. I am born and raised in LA. We all deserve to win. And then the Brag Podcast, which I'm so proud of is business women reaching awe inspiring greatness yes. because I think as a culture we don't share our achievements enough so I wanted to create a safe space for women to brag I was just talking <laughs> to somebody about negativity bias today and how we can be so mean to ourselves you know definitely okay so you are in the business of tech community human relationships and these are things that we think about a lot at pod people also And so as we were building this new community, which is not really new, but we're trying to kind of bring some life to it, grow it, what do you think is one of the most important considerations for building community in audio? Well, first of all, to take audio seriously, Tyler, not to call you out or anything, but I love that you're in your closet right now because it tells me how much you care about the quality of audio. When building a community around audio, you want to show that. You want to show your heart. You want to show that this is important to you, that you are not just lackadaisically kind of trying to in my opinion, trying to capitalize off a space, a thriving space right now, or you're doing it because everyone else is doing it. Look, I believe 
podcasting is like painting audio. Podcasting is my art form. It's my way to connect others and to really champion people. And so I think people that come into it not placing the community first, which to me, the community also means the listener first, they're not doing right by us as an industry. Mm. And so this is the place that we could truly form something collaborative and special to truly, you know, entertain, educate, inspire, do really, really wonderful things for others. And how have you seen the audio community sort of writ large grow since you started it to started in it rather to oh my now? Gosh. Tyler, when I started, I remember in 2014, I wrote an article called The Renaissance of Podcasting. So now podcasting existed for a long time. I want to give a shout out to Lance Anderson, who was amazing. He created the LA Podcasters Meetup way before I was ever in podcasting. Mm. What I'm going to call the OG podcasters. Like when podcasting technology didn't catch up to like being able to make it easily accessible. So only true super nerds were able to listen a podcast because they're the only ones that understood how to access that audio. I started listening to podcasts without knowing it. In 2012, there's two podcasts, Podcasts and Product People by Justin Jackson. And I did not know at the time I had an Android. I would take the audio files from the computer and put them on my Android phone. So I didn't know I was listening to a podcast, right? And then so forever later, now podcasts are in cars and it's the default app on our phone. And they're just so excited. And it hasn't even reached the entirety of the U.S. market. It's just starting to trickle into the international market. I mean, we are still in the infancy of what podcasting is going to become. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, when I started, I would say it was the renaissance of podcasting. There was a whole school of people before me. Mm. But then I got really lucky and I got in there right when Serial was coming out, right when Startup Podcast, which later became Gimlet Media, came out. You know, all these things that really pushed the industry forward. I don't know if you guys remember, but Gimlet Media, when Alex Bloomberg was pitching to Chris Saka, like Chris Saka goes like, what is this podcast? I don't know if there's a business there. And look where we are today. So yeah. As I was looking at all of your work, it became very clear to me that you are a super connector. And by that, I mean a person who just knows everybody and finds a way to get the right people in the right room. So I guess my first question is like, is that true? And then secondly, I think this community is amazing, the pod people community. Part of the reason we exist, I'm pointing to myself, is to help people find jobs and to help do that networking because a lot of people find that to be very exhausting or they just don't like it. Totally. So I was just hoping you could make a case for why relationship building is so crucial in in podcasting. I think relationships are just crucial in life, period, right? What I love about podcasting is you're able to take someone who would normally just maybe be in the room with you alone, and you're able to give them exposure to a global audience. People have moved from other states just to work for the companies of the founders that I featured on my show. It's quite incredible. So I think when it comes to relationships, I know a lot of people use that word connector. I like to say I facilitate mutually beneficial relationships. You know? I could feel when I said super connector that you didn't like that. I was like, it's so funny that I can feel that <laughs> from here in my closet in San Jose. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love to create win-win 
for people. So when I see somebody can win from knowing someone else, I like to, um, you know, facilitate the relationship. Maybe it's even facilitating an experience, whether it's a podcast interview or it's a dinner party or it's skydiving with fellow LA tech people. I love people to win together. So I'd say if I had to give advice to myself when I was starting out is follow up, follow up, follow up. You guys, I was sitting on the grass with Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook. Mm. Like, Come on, if I had been clutch on my follow-up game, you know, there's so many experiences like that in my career that I couldn't have known that I was in the presence of like future icons, you know? Mm. And there's no reason I didn't particularly follow up with him specifically. It's just, you know, follow-up is so hard. And the other thing I would recommend, and I know this is just, you know, it's about being a creator. I wouldn't be hesitant to share my journey from the start. When I first started podcasting, the way I figured out what mics to get is I listened to like a zillion YouTube videos. And I remember thinking, oh, I should write a blog about this. But then I just didn't. Mm. I would love to have that blog even today. You know, like there's so much that we do as creators, as we're creating, as we're discovering. I shared with you, I just bought the PodTrack Pro. That's a new part of my process, right? So there's so many different things that we can do to share with others for them to even understand that we're professionals in the space and we're potentially someone that they would want to work with. So as this community, audio community has grown and evolved, now today, do you feel like it is tighter or is mm. it competitive or is it inclusive, exclusive? Like so, what's okay, your read on, love this. on that? Okay. There's a few different ways to answer this question. One, one way to answer it is, is, is it too late to get in because everybody has a podcast? And what I'd like to respond to that perspective of the question is look at people, creators like PewDiePie on YouTube and look at how large YouTube is in comparison to the podcasting industry. Mm. Like right now, I'm sure for podcasts, there's so many, there's pod fade where people stop podcasting. So, so many of those millions of podcasts are graveyard podcasts. They're not even doing anything. So there's plenty of space to become a creator. When you look at that podcast, app, you're looking for the host that you really resonate with and you probably find them based on topic. But if you have a dynamic host, you'll become mentally subscribed as a listener. It's not about how saturated the industry is and it's not even that saturated yet. I will say that in the beginning, because there weren't as many people as in any community, it's a lot easier to form that tight knit vibe Mm -hmm. because there's like 20 of you, 30 of you, right? Right. Now that there's thousands and thousands of people around the world, you find your community within a community. Mm -hmm. I say that's the biggest difference. The one thing I'd like to see that would change about our industry, and I think pod people really serves to this, we are not broke, starving artists. We're professionals delivering excellence and really making an amazing impact in the world. So instead of looking at yourself like, I'm not worth being paid, or I need X amount of listeners to get sponsored, or whatever the the self-limiting belief is. Like, this is why I love pod people. Pod people is like, we value podcasters, and we're going to hook you up with amazing opportunities so you could just do what you're great at and make sure to get paid in the process. Mm. It's that simple. Mm. So I would love as a culture that in our community for us to stop undervaluing ourselves and just to be really collaborative and do knowledge share. How much are you getting paid? What's your you know, kind of contract look like so that we could elevate and support one another. Agreed. Snapping my fingers, <laughs> pounding my feet. Um, okay. So listen, Clubhouse. Okay. I just have yes. to cop to this. Okay. I am very uncool and way behind. <laughs> and I'm going to need you to break it down for me. But also before that, yeah. I know you became like the first face of Clubhouse for podcasting, I think. <laughs> so I want to know like, what was 
that like to be asked to do that? So I wasn't the first. Okay. I think I was like the fourth or third or something. I'm not sure, but I wasn't the first. It felt like I was being acknowledged for the years of community work that I had done. Mm. It's quite a strange, it's a strange and foreign feeling to not even understand where I fit in this huge landscape, which I know we were talking about before we started rolling. Like, Clubhouse is by far the most influential audio social networking app, period. The other companies, the other platforms will start building, and some already have, to also have audio social networking components. It's like revisiting the phone call, but like, I think there was something called party line or something. It's revisiting the vibe of like connectivity through audio and a more authentic form of communication. What I remember from, you know, early podcasting experiences is the thing that was so beautiful about podcasting is it's been proving that because you're in someone's ear, it creates a stronger sense of intimacy with the listener. And so that's what these audio social experiences are doing for us. Being in the the clubhouse ecosystem. And like I shared today, I was a part of something featured in New York times. It's like, okay, you know how I was sharing that I was sitting on the grass with Mark Zuckerberg, not understanding like the gravity of that moment Mm -hmm. until years later. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what's happening Mm -hmm. because I've been on clubhouse since before there were 10,000 people on the app. And now there's 10 million people on the app. That's like insane growth. Like I can't. So speaking of community within the clubhouse community, there are our core people that were like pre 10,000 and we all kind of tribe up together to, you know, make sure we could support and continue to elevate one another. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's really crazy. I think the best way to think about clubhouse, because a lot of people ask me, is clubhouse going to kill podcasting? Is clubhouse the new podcast? Like, what is the relationship between clubhouse and the podcasting industry? I think we could relate it a lot to live streaming and just like what you were talking about, Tyler, Mm -hmm. creating more relationships. A podcast is very you and I are talking right now. Clubhouse, you have your whole audience there, but in an audio form to be able to experience the content and then they're able to come up and ask you questions. It's more interactive. So I think every single platform, whether it be a traditional podcast or a Clubhouse experience or any other audio social networking experience, like they all have their own place. And it's about us as creators of defining where that place is so we could go into these apps and these technologies with intention rather than from a place of like FOMO. I teeter in and out of burnout. It's really tough to be like, okay, now I have Twitter spaces and clubhouse and sending tweets and Mm. blog posts and creating YouTube video and all these kinds of things. And so I think it's important for us creators really to prioritize self-care because if we can't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of others. And in being a creator, that is our job. We're essentially creating for others. Mm -hmm. Like one of my favorite creators is David Dobrik and like, he makes me feel elevated and lighter when I hear his content. His drive as a creator is to make me feel that way. So it's all a giving experience. And so for those who have not used it yet, like myself, which may not be many people listening to this, but I think it would be cool to hear you say, one of the people who was part of the first 10,000, how do you describe the experience for somebody who hasn't done it yet? Okay. So in the beginning, I was telling the founder, he loved this, Paul, I was telling him, I feel like I'm living inside of an app. (laughs) He Mm. loved that. Mm. I mean, I've joked and I've called it the sleep deprivation app. 
<laughs> it's like, you know, today, do you know Jason Fried, the founder of Basecamp? Mm. It's one of my favorite tech companies. And Jason Fried was in the app and I got to ask Jason Fried personally for advice. Like, when can I just like jump in a room on an app mm. and talk to literally the business person I've admired my entire career? He is the go-to. I've read all the books and just be like, here's the challenge I'm having in my company right now. What advice can you give me? Like, just... Like that's clubhouse, mm. you know, it's just, it's this amazing intimate experience for us to connect with the inaccessible. It does beg a lot of your time, but not because you have to, but because it's almost like this addiction. You're like, I don't want to miss out. I want to hear all the secret things. There's no recordings. It's not like I can listen to this later, right? So live rooms that you can sort of hop into and people are talking and then you can mm -hmm. find a way to get your hand raised, respected, and then you can talk, totally. right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's a really wonderful experience. I'm extremely grateful that I've been able to be a part of the experience since it was smaller and then be a part of its growth. There's even interesting things that happen operationally from um, how in the beginning they do these Sunday town halls and in the beginning anybody could just come on stage and ask the founders a question mm -hmm. and now that's not happening because there's like 10 million people in that right so like now there, it's a lot more like controlled or formatted and so it's interesting to see how an app evolves and, and witness it firsthand and and I'm a part of this audio collective now of these creators that do a lot of amazing work on Clubhouse. We're not formally associated with Clubhouse. You know, it's not like we work for Clubhouse, mm -hmm. but we're this collective of creators that really feel passionate about moderating meaningful rooms and creating experiences for others and getting together. And we were just featured in the New York Times. So it's just, just like, it's just this crazy, I don't know. But you know what? This world of technology and this digital economy, it's always changing. It's always evolving. I think, like, I'm going to restate it. It's just as creators, we have to define what does success mean to us? What is our intention? And let's utilize these technologies with intention and purpose rather than letting the technologies utilize us. That's a beautiful place to land. Thank you so much for joining us as our second community spotlight on the Pod People's Podcast for people who make podcasts. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Pod people all the way. Yes. Love how much you champion us. Thank you so much for joining us for what was a blinding spotlight episode with Esprit Devora. I mean, just a couple of the lessons I learned from that discussion are that we should take chances on people and opportunities, but don't forget to follow up. And community and connection are everything. On next week's episode of Pod People's Podcast for People Who Make Podcasts, our in-house project manager, Danielle Roth, walks us through the production how-to we all strive to get right the first time, scheduling. I feel like a good schedule is like underappreciated, but it's so, so, so helpful in preventing problems. The Pod People team is Rachel King, Ann Fuse, Matt Sav, me, Tyler Green, Danielle Roth, Sammy Reed, Isabel Genius, Ashton Carter, Alexa Brooks Major, Devin Wilson, Persia Verlin, Madison Lesby, and Erica Wong. We're growing so fast that I almost won't be able to do that in a single breath soon. This podcast is edited by Katie Clarkson and mixed and engineered by Erica Wong. Head on over to our Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn and give us a follow. Join the Pod People Facebook group at facebook.com slash podppl. And all of these links and anything mentioned in the show are linked in the show notes. Interested in becoming a part of the Pod People community? Go to podpeople.com slash producers and fill out our intake survey. It's all free. Just takes a few minutes of your time. 
Also, if you have a question, comment, or just want to say hello, send us an email at hello at podpeople.com. I'm going to go try to figure out Clubhouse now. Talk to you next week. I would say drop mic, but please don't because it's new. I don't want you to break it.